Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Ah, uh, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. Episode number 82 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, and woo, let me tell you, this one is a special episode, my friends. My name is Brandon Olinger, and join with me, as always, one of my greatest friends, best co-host, all-around great guy, all-around ladies' man, Ben the Law Watson. You know, everything Brandon just said is true. What's going on, my man? Uh, Let's see. It is a Wednesday night. It is late, but that's okay, because we just had the... The, the pleasure, uh, dare I say, the fortune of getting to do an interview with one of um, our uh, senior national team's best women's wrestlers, Sarah Hildebrandt, and I am excited to bring this to our listeners. I tell you what, we've done a lot of interviews, and I might say this about everyone, but that that was one of the most fun interviews we've done. Sarah Hildebrandt has such a great personality. She, You can just tell that she, you know, enjoys you know what she's doing as a wrestler and um it was just awesome to sit down and talk with her about wrestling not just her wrestling but just wrestling in general for you know about an hour it was amazing uh, it's funny you said that about personalities because the entire time that we were talking to her i kept thinking she seems to have just this infectious personality that right. uh, I, I would love to just sit and talk wrestling with her for hours um, it, her, her wrestling ability or her wrestling IQ it's off the charts right. and, um, I, I tell you guys this one is going to go down in, in the books of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast is one of my all time favorites Oh, me too I tell you when we started talking about her um, setups to one of her favorite shots and we were breaking down technique literally like over the phone talking about where her hands go on each individual person i was like this is awesome i wish that i could just like i wish that i could watch film and talk to her about wrestling for hours it was absolutely amazing. i love it i love it i love it and uh for all of our diehard men's college wrestling fans if the last name hildebrandt sounds familiar to you you will find out on this podcast episode that she actually has a brother right now wrestling for central michigan drew hildebrandt um so yeah, just uh, just uh, obviously a great wrestling family. Uh, Sarah herself seems like such a great person. It's a, it's a, it's an amazing interview. Yeah, it was always awesome, man. Um, all right, guys. So before we uh, bring this interview to you, let's go ahead and take care of the normal business. As I said, this is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, um, episode eighty-two. Um, you guys know you can find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. Um, we also do a little posting on our Facebook page, the Inside Trip. Um, lately, we've been working on building up an Instagram as well, um, which is no easy task for a couple of uh, old guys such as me and Ben. A couple old bald guys. <laughs> We're not posting selfies, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is true. Um, so go out there. Um, um, find us, follow us, 
Um, we love it. We love to talk wrestling. We love to communicate with everyone. Um, as for the podcast itself, um, you know, it's at all your typical podcast locations, most notably Apple Podcast, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, all that good stuff. So if you don't mind, go out, find the podcast, subscribe to it, download Give us a listen, and if you like what you hear, or maybe even if you don't like what you hear, give us a rate and a review. We love the feedback. Um, and, and, and I guess I can add, if you're an old-fashioned email person, you can send us an email as well. It's the trip one at gmail.com. Um, we've been getting quite a few emails lately. Um, we love it. Thank you, everyone, for reaching out to us and just chatting wrestling or providing some feedback, both constructive and positive. We, we love it all. Um, and real quick, I'll go ahead and, uh, um, as you've heard us talking recently, obviously the men's D1 tournament is coming up, um, which means it's that time of year where Jason Bryant puts out his, um, I, what f- for all intents and purposes is the number one wrestling fan guide for all of you statistical nerds, Nothing such better. as myself. Nothing so better. Um, Jason has, uh, worked out something with us where you can actually go to wrestling preview guide dot com forward slash inside trip if you use that web address right there it typically costs nineteen ninety nine but you'll automatically have a discount applied you'll save five bucks you'll get it for fourteen ninety nine honestly you can't beat it for fifteen bucks no fifteen bucks is amazing and if uh that was too complicated what Brandon just told you you can go to Matt Talk online and find the preview guide and when it asks for a uh promo code use inside trip all one word it'll save you five bucks it gives us a little kickback maybe we'll be able to buy a couple extra beers out there in pittsburgh this year as we're chatting it up with all you crazy fans all right so enough of that enough of our chatting um we're excited to bring to you what we feel is a fantastic interview with one of the best wrestlers on our women's national team right now i don't think there's been anyone more on fire the last year than sarah hildebrandt so Hope you guys enjoy it. Here you go. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bro. All right, joining us for episode number 82 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast is senior national team member and 2018 world silver medalist Sarah Hildebrandt. Sarah, thank you so much for taking time to join us tonight. We really appreciate it. How's everything going for you? Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're, we've been super stoked to have you on. We've actually been talking about or wanting to have you on this podcast for the, the past year. And I think um, earlier this summer, I reached out to Jenna Burkett and said, is there any way that you can get me her number? We would love to have her on. And for whatever reason, whether it was um, your training schedule and worlds and all that stuff or our schedule, we never felt like there was a great time to really reach out to you until recently. Over the past couple of weeks, I think I hit you up when I was on my way to Atlanta for the, the Women's College Wrestling Championships. Oh, yeah. So, um, again, thanks a lot. I'm glad we could finally have you on. Um, yeah, but, no doubt. So, a couple of things here to break the ice. One, I would just like to throw out there that I am actually a fellow Hoosier, as well as you are. Uh, from You Indiana. are? Oh, I yes. Am. Um, I am. I'm actually from the Anderson-Pendleton area. Are you familiar with that? I am familiar. I mean, I have heard the name, but... Not super familiar where it's at. Right, because you're from Granger, right? Yeah, oh my gosh, it's weird people know where Granger is. I usually just say South Bend, Notre yeah, Dame. it's up north, you know. That's where people know. Yeah, um, and I think it's so funny because I was listening um, 
I was listening to you make your kind of uh, your interview rounds and, and read some articles as well. And your high school coach, and we'll get into more of this later, was Brad Harper. And he wrestled the exact same time that I wrestled when I was in Indiana. In fact, I think I was actually just went back and looked at the uh, the state championship programs from back then. I could see all, you know, see him in there and all that stuff. I just thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, that's insane. Yes, he wrestled on Indiana and then is coaching there now. So it's yeah. really cool. A Mishawaka guy, right? Mishawaka, which is funny because now he's at my high school, Penn, and Penn and Mishawaka are like the rivals of all yes. time. So. Yes, they are. Um, he crossed over to the good side. All right, so we always feel it's best to just start things out with the ultimate most important question right here. So I'm going to kick this off with what everyone is probably dying to know because of the fact that we're going into March April is right around the corner, so that only means one thing. Are you a Game of Thrones fan? Oh my gosh, I'm not. I'm going to lose what? friends. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not the right answer. Oh man. I knew it was. Okay, is it over? Should I hang up? Yeah, well, uh, thanks for joining yeah, us for episode, episode 82. 82. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, which is crazy because I'm like the biggest fantasy guru. I haven't got into Game of Thrones because I'm genuinely terrified that I will not be able to deal with the loss of characters that I'm sure I'll fall in love with. And I mourn for these characters. Like, I don't know if I could get up and go to practice if I was like mourning the death of someone I loved. You're you're joking around, right? I'm not. When Dumbledore died in Harry Potter, spoiler alert, I was shook. I was like, Terry, Terry Steiner, I don't know if I can practice today. So (laughs) I'm going to assume, (laughs) I'm going to assume you're a huge Harry Potter fan then, right? I am a huge Harry Potter fan. I have a lightning bolt tattooed on my skin for life. That is um, awesome. Yeah. Have you ever been to uh, to Universal Studios down in Florida? Yes, and oh my gosh, amazing! I wish I could have just helped design it. it seems right? like such a so it's funny. just a so fun. We, uh, my, my, my wife and I recently took my daughter to Florida over over Christmas, and we went to Universal Studios, and you know you're doing the whole wait in line, ride rides, all that kind of stuff. And obviously the Harry Potter uh, area was just massively packed. And uh, Oh, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we get in line for the Harry Potter ride, and it's literally a three-hour wait, every bit of three hours. And we finally make our way through the line. We get up. We're ready to ride this ride. We ride it, and it ends like 45 seconds later. And my <laughs> wife and I just look at each other like, what? in Sam's hell did we just do? And, <laughs> Why did we wait this long? Yes, and, and I turned around, I asked my daughter, I was like, what'd you think? And she was like, best thing ever. Oh, that's great. And you're like, okay, that was worth it then. <laughs> right. All right, uh, so let's get into some of the wrestling stuff. Um, it, obviously, you uh, you know started wrestling at a young age. I think um, I'm going to assume because uh, you had some uh, some brothers who wrestle as well, correct? You've got an older brother and a younger brother, is that right? Yep, older and younger. I know your younger brother's at Central Michigan right now. That's Drew Hildebrandt, um, tough wrestler in his own right. Did your older brother wrestle in college as well? He did for a couple of years. He was at Lakeland College, which I think is now Lakeland University in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Yeah. And then, yeah, and uh, Darton University and uh, maybe Albany, Georgia. Okay. Um, so he was there for a little so, uh, and wrestled in college. Lakeland's actually, um, that's where Jaden Laurent wrestles for. That You know, she just became their first All-American and actually their first national champion as well uh, this year. Is that, you, oh, really? Yeah. With her? Yeah, they've got a new uh-huh, program. Definitely, uh, a new women's program that actually just started this year, and she just so happened to, uh, you know, become a national champ at the, at the tournament last month. 
Um, oh, that's terrific. Gosh, I need to be way more in the loop. I did not know that school had one. <laughs> so uh, along those lines, um, since you, you know you started wrestling at a young age, you know, back in probably the uh, 2000, what, uh, 2008, 2006 area? Yeah, that sounds about right. Long ago. <laughs> <laughs> what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on the growth of women's wrestling? Um, that's, that's occurred since you actually started out. Oh gosh, it's staggering. It's crazy how much, um, you know, I was just one of the only girls in the whole state, the whole entire state of Indiana. There's just maybe, you know, three or three or four of us. And now, just at my high school, not even in my region, just at my high school, there's like 35. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and that's so terrific. It, it honestly is just, it's like emotional for me. It's so cool to have witnessed this huge growth in such a short amount of time and, and the support behind it and so many people excited about it and girls who are really excited about it. Um, it's fun thing to be a part of. Uh, it really is. Did you say there was 35 girls that are wrestling at your high school? Yes, at my high school. And this is a state that doesn't even sanction women's wrestling as a sport, right? Exactly not. Yeah, I mean, they have like a that's crazy. state championship. But yeah, it's not sanctioned. I mean, to me, that's just mind-boggling because, you know, we're in Ohio right now. And it, it, Ohio is known for being one of the hotbeds for high school wrestling. Um, yeah. and women's wrestling is growing at a rapid rate out here, but there's a lot of good programs out here that struggle to even field 35 guys on the team. So the fact that there's 35 girls out there, that's just mind blowing. And, and I, I think that bodes so well for the future of, uh, future of women's wrestling. Oh, for sure. Indiana is not typically the state you think of when you think of women's wrestling. So, you know, these numbers are bigger in other, in other states too. Right. So it's just, a, you're right. It's a great um, picture of what is to come. So you and I have a little something in common, um, other than being from Indiana. Um, I think we both qualified for the semi-state wrestling tournament. You did, right? I did. I did. I did as my, as you know, myself as a sophomore before moving to Ohio. So basically what that tells me is I've, I've got hope still that I can be a world medalist. You think there's hope for a 39-year-old man? It's time to start training. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But speaking of that, what are your thoughts on the the Indiana State Tournament process and the fact that obviously it's one division, which is great, but there's no wrestlebacks at the state tournament? Yeah, wow. What a stressful time in my life. And I'm sure all those kids' lives. Um, It's so exciting, though. And I I don't know. Maybe there needs to be some form of wrestleback because there is you know, just some, some luck of the draws and stuff, but wow, there I've wrestled in the world finals and the Indiana state finals is every bit as exciting. <laughs> it really is. They do a great job and the kids put everything out on the line and, um, all the whole from sectionals, regional, semi-state state is just a bloodbath of some great wrestling. So yeah. I love it. Yeah, it really is. And it's funny. I, I remember going to the state tournament, you know, back in like 1996. I think it was at Market Square Arena um, back when the Pacers played there at that point in time. And it was okay, yeah. such a neat spectacle with what they did for the state tournament. I remember, you know, they had the light shows and like kind of the, uh, the whatever you call them, where flames shoot up out as, you know, kids yeah. are running out from opposite ends of the tunnels. It was it was actually just a really neat show. Um, you know, so great for the kids. It is. It's such a cool experience. And my brother is actually state champion, my younger brother. And that was just amazing. I know it's still to this day, one, probably one of the best days of his life. So 
a really great experience. Okay, so, you know, obviously I don't have as much, this is Ben, I don't have as much in common with you as Brandon, the fellow Hoosier <laughs> here. I'm actually from Ohio, but we actually do have something in common. Uh, you know, so it's, from, from my understanding, you wrestled on the guys' team in high school, is that right? Yes. Okay, so we have that in common. And also, and also, I think, All right. I think, I think you and I both cut from like 125, 130 pounds to make 103 at least one year. Talk to me about that. Oh, yes, the torture. Um, you know, I think the main thing to talk about in that is just to be how, how dumb that was and how this is like yes. still a thing that's pushed upon kids and how horrible it is. I hate this weight cutting culture we've created. And I think, um, you know, I just played into the game that I'm sure tons and tons of wrestlers are. And it almost ruined the sport for me. I almost walked away multiple occasions and it was because of weight cutting. What a, what a shame that would have been. And I can only imagine the amount of kids who have walked away for those reasons and rightfully so, because it shouldn't ever be that. But yeah, I was stuck in a position where I felt I needed to lose a lot of weight in order to compete um, my best and, you know, I made it through the season and I did all right, but certainly looking back, those aren't moments that I'm, I'm necessarily proud of. No, I I agree. I think that when I look at my wrestling career from five years old through college, four years, I think that it, it's hard not to think that it, that weight cutting really is a detriment to the sport when I look at that. I mean, I there were times, especially my last year of wrestling, that I hated the sport. I couldn't wait to be done with it because I did not want to cut weight anymore. And I think that does such exactly. a, that does such a disservice to the sport. How do we get around this? Um, well, we need to stop putting it on a pedestal. I feel like in high school and maybe even in, you know in college for sure, it's almost like we look at kids who cut weight like they're the tough ones, and we kind of like laugh like you don't cut you only cut three pounds. That's it, you know like. That should be celebrated. This should, the kid who's cutting two pounds is the kid who's doing it right. <laughs> and I think we just have this idea that, you know, I sleep in trash bags and I spit half a pound out. Uh, that makes me tougher than you. And, and being tough in wrestling is such a cool thing, you know. But what's tough is having a good diet 24-7, 365 days a year, you know. That's freaking hard. That's discipline. That's a good athlete. And if we can start celebrating kids who are doing that, um, you know, maybe this shift will come and, and it's just going to make for healthier people in general, which is the sport can give you. It just kind of helps you in so many aspects of life and it might as well help you in, in your diet and, and how you fuel yourself. And I think that we actually, the culture is kind of shifting a little bit, at least in the high school realms. Back when, you know, I graduated in 2002 from high school, we didn't have any sort of weight cutting restriction. We didn't have any urinalysis testing or anything, body fat testing. And now at least we have those things. And I know they can be cheated, but at least there's, I think you're starting to see more and more people. Let's just talk about from an NCAA wrestling perspective, Bo Nickel jumping up a weight. He's obviously not the biggest 197 pounder, but he's having extreme success. I think we're starting to see more people have success without cutting weight. Is that happening on the women's sector as well? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, and across all levels, I mean, and, and just from my experience on the senior level, you can even see it. Our weigh-in procedures have been completely changed. You know, now we weigh in two hours before we compete, whereas before we would weigh in the day before. That That's, you know, you can't be cutting a lot of weight. Um, it changes things. So I do think, um, in, especially just being around my teammates, we are all making a very conscious effort to be very healthy most all of the time. And, 
and not cut, not this binge cutting of weight. Correct. Oh, absolutely. Um, all right, Sarah, let's, let's transition just a little bit. Um, I, in my opinion, when I, you know, and, and I've, I've really loved following women's wrestling the last few years. Um, I've gone to the, the women's college nationals the past two years in a row, obviously, um, watching you guys wrestle at worlds or in the Olympics or uh, the Uregan and things like that. And we're starting to get, um, we're starting to get personalities and, and women who are having success and who it just makes it so much fun, you know, more fun to follow, just like we're having success at the men's level on the senior circuit as well, which makes it more fun to follow as well. But I got to say, I don't think there's been anyone from the women's senior level right now that's been more on fire than you the the past year at least and um, maybe even longer than that. And I don't think people really realize too if they haven't been following you that you were actually making great strides up until you had that that devastating uh, elbow injury, right? Yeah, that was definitely a damper on things. <laughs> right. um, so, so talk to me about. Um, obviously, you, you you placed second at the Worlds this year. You you then follow that up with a with an Uregan title. This was the second time you've actually competed at the Uregan. You you were runner up back in two thousand and seventeen. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, you've got that as well. I believe in two thousand and eighteen, you also won a Pan Am title. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, no, nope, you're correct. Yeah. So, what's been the big the big change for you that's really kind of got you in the zone for all intents and purposes and wrestling lights out lately? Um, well, you know, momentum, this helps for sure. Confidence is building from the success, but I really think I've just bought into the process and I trusted it and I am committed to it and disciplined. So I think those are all very important things to me. And, um, with that all comes confidence, which fuels me, excuse me, to go into tournaments and just feeling my absolute best and, and being completely aware that I can get the job done because I've put in the time I put in the work. My coaches have guided me the correct way. And, you know, I've been feeling myself with the right thing. So there's just so many aspects around uh, what going to before a competition. And I feel like we're kind of going through this checklist and it just, makes me feel good before I go on a competition and, uh, you know, go out there and, and do what I've been training to do. So, yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, we kind of brought up the, the elbow injury that I think that was like the shot her around the world. I, you know, we were all watching and it was, it was pretty gnarly. That was 2017 world team trials, right? Yes. The finals of world team trials. Yes. So, <laughs> so in 2016, you made the world team non-Olympic weight, right? That was 55 yeah. kilos. 55 kilos, and I was struggling to make weight then. I know. I, I, you know, Brandon and I were actually talking about that beforehand. So you, so, you, so you make a world team in 2016, and, and I'm assuming that it probably it, – it's beneficial to at least have that experience going into the 2017 world team trials to, to know, hey, I've already done this. I, I kind of know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, to make that 2016 non-Olympic world team, um, I beat really good girls, and that was – uh, a big confidence, maybe not a confidence booster, but like, Hey, you can do this kind of like shook me into being like, look, you just beat, you know, Kelsey Campbell, who is an Olympian, Jakar Winchester, world team member, Whitney Condor, multiple world team member. I was like, okay, you just beat those girls. You know, let's, let's get serious. Like you can do this. Um, obviously worlds didn't go well, but still just that trials process alone was 
a very good step leading into 2017. Yeah, it was almost like the the success that you were having then or starting to have was more or less um, confirming for you that, hey, you know what, you can do this, you're you're doing the right things, Um, the process is working right now, even though obviously, you know, we can always refine the process and improve the process, um, whether it's from tactical changes or lifestyle changes or whatever it may be. So I, I would have to assume that you know, the, the injury in 2017 from a, from a mental perspective, just kind of, uh, for, for me, it would have crushed me, you know, and I think it would have crushed a lot of people as well. How do you overcome that? Um, it was a rough five months for sure. I was pretty crushed. Um, <clears throat> but with that said, I think more so I was like shook and it, it shook me into this like tunnel vision, like, all right, no more games. I'm I'm not losing because I'm not doing the right things anymore. It might get taken away from me for something stupid like my <laughs> elbow dislocating. You know, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I can win because who knows when I, the opportunity is going to be taken away. And it really shook me into that that tunnel vision of like, let's get this dang job done. Was it was it was it also kind of a kick in the groin to uh, see uh, Becca Leathers go out there? And obviously, you're happy for her. But yeah, to see her go out there and win a world medal that year. Yeah, I mean, definitely, it's. I yeah, I was super happy for her, and that was just a moment where I'm like, okay, um, you know, you could be there, you can do that, you're capable of it, and uh, it's going to take some more work, so let's do it, and. Yeah, I mean, watching that was painful in a weird way. Obviously, I'm supporting my teammates, but yeah, that definitely hurt a little. So ultimately, you come back, you you rehab, you you come back. Um, I think an argument can be made that you came back even better and stronger than before. Um, If I'm not mistaken, after you came back, you ended up dropping back down to 53 kilograms, right? Yeah, my first... um, matches back and then the rest of the year I returned back at 53 or now at 53. What prompted that? Um, the weighing procedures had been announced and that there was a change and I didn't want, I knew 53 would be the Olympic weight class. So I wanted to start solidifying that as my weight class. I didn't want to make the weight cut, you know, the year of the Olympics and not be familiar with how I felt there, how I wrestled there, uh, not be familiar with weighing in like that. So really it was uh, just kind of preemptive to get me set for the Olympics. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to solidify this. This is Sarah Hildebrand's weight class. Um, And so I just decided I needed to start making changes in my diet in order for this to be, you know, sustainable for the next three years. And I think that's a great point that you bring up right there. Um, If I recall correctly, around that time, I think you put something out on social media that basically said there's time to make some lifestyle changes. Um, and I'm going to assume, and you, you tell me if, if I'm wrong here, but, and I think we even kind of saw some articles on it as well, that, um, you were become basically becoming more committed to your craft and, uh, maybe decreasing some of the, uh, the extracurricular activities that we all want to do in our mid twenties, you know, whether it's go hang out, stay up late, have a bad diet, um, indulge in a little too much alcohol from time to time. Exactly. Um, no, yeah. What prompted that decision? And, and how difficult was it for you to, to stay committed to that? Um, the first month, my boyfriend was probably so annoyed at me. I was a cranky girl, you know, because I had to stop with the sugar, um, which is so difficult. You know, we're so addicted to that stuff. But, um, yeah, so I knew that 
uh, you know, I wanted to make the weight this way and easy. So I was going to have to start losing weight. Um, I think I was wrestling in November at the Schultz and I started losing weight for that in September. And that was as soon as I could get started. Um, and from there I realized obviously that it was a lot easier to keep my weight off if I wasn't drinking on the weekends. And so I'm like, you know, I'm going to just not drink as often. And that turned into, I'm not going to drink the rest of the year. And then, you know, so we went our way there and I just realized how much better I felt when I wasn't fueling myself with crap and stuff. And I could get up on Sunday mornings and go work out. And I was like, wow, I actually like this a lot more. And, and so then it turned from something I had to do to something I most certainly wanted to. Okay. So, so you gave up boozing. Is is that right then? I did, yes. But but you're still okay with doing a podcast with two guys that are having a couple beers while we're doing it. That's all right. Okay. Oh, for sure. Okay. Good. I'll have one with you guys. Hey, that's. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> we'll take you up on that. <laughs> that sounds great. So you know, you kind of you kind of change your diet and refocus. It's funny when 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 you answered the question, why did you drop down to 53 kilograms? And the first thing you said was, well, they're making weigh-in changes. Typically, that was when people would bump up. But you said right. that you said that you dropped down, and, and I'm not going to lie to you. I think that we all saw a body transformation. Like you know, it, it wasn't like you were not in shape when you were wrestling at 55 kilograms. But I mean, like to see you down at 53 kilograms, I mean, it's like you're shredded. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like you seem <laughs> yeah. like you're in just like a perfect phys- perfect physical shape to to wrestle at that weight. I think it's a, I think it's a good weight for you. But it must have been tough to actually, I mean, do that go through that body transformation. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's funny when I look at pictures of myself from just uh, two years ago, and I'm like, wow, I really, you know, that's when I really do see the changes I've made. It didn't feel that drastic in the moment. Maybe it did. But, um, you know, now it just seems just my life, how I'm eating and stuff. It's not nearly as difficult. But, yeah, wow, those first couple months were definitely hard um, just because, eating healthy consistently can be very challenging and there's so many cravings. And I remember sitting in my bed, like looking at pictures of food and like, okay, dude, this is ridiculous. We <laughs> like, might have a problem. And stuff. Yeah. I'm like, you clearly had a problem. <laughs> right. Uh, but you know what? I think also the, the results speak for themselves and not only were you able to train more and train better, but I think you, you, it's transitioned to the way you wrestle as well too. You look like you're moving a lot better. Um, obviously wrestling a lot better. So, you know, mad props to you for making the commitment because it's, it's paying off in huge dividends. Um, so you you brought up your boyfriend. So I would like to just kind of ask you a couple of questions about, about him real quick. It's my understanding that he is, um, a resident athlete at the Olympic training center as well. Correct. He is indeed. And, um, what, what sport is he, does he participate? He, He is a gymnast. Oh, amazing. All right. So how do you guys, how do you guys juggle that with both being high level athletes, both obviously training for, you know, you've got big, big goals. Um, how do you guys support each other, you know, in that on a day-to-day basis? Um, you know, it's, it can be really difficult at times because it's great. At, okay. First of all, I'm going to lead with it's amazing because this person understands the lifestyle that I'm trying to live and vice versa. You know, I know that he's going to be tired. I know he's going to be pissed off from a bad practice. And and likewise, um, with that said, at times, you know, one person can be really up and the other can be really down and having to balance that and support the other. Um, 
but I think that helps us too. You know, if, if I had a bad, you know, for example, leading into worlds, I had two months of awful training and, and just having to stay up and support him in a way forces me to be very positive too. And, and to listen how I talk to him and to flip that and, and my inner dialogue should reflect that as well. Um, so I think that really plays a key role and just having the understanding of what we're going through. It's, it's so nice to be able to lean on someone who genuinely wants to see you succeed and, and wants the best for you. What's your boyfriend's name? If, if, if You don't have to share it, obviously, if you don't want to. Oh, Donathan. It's like Jonathan, but with a D. Donathan. Okay. So one is, I guess, you met him on like the Tinder app for like elite athletes. <laughs> is it the Tinder app? For, cause Do I, we have one? I don't know because they wouldn't. I tried to download it and it like I had, I had to put in my qualifications and it just said no. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, how did you guys? Did you guys meet out in Colorado Springs? Yeah, we moved, uh, we were both living um, on complex at the Olympic Training Center, and that's how we met. That's that's really cool. Have you learned a lot more about um, uh, gymnastics since? That's a dumb question, but like. You know, how much more have you learned about gymnastics since you started um, the re- your relationship oh, yeah. with Donathan? Lots more. Well, also, I'm obsessed with handstands now, which is such a little minuscule thing to right. them, but that's like everything to me. Um, that's the extent of my gymnastic skills. But so I'm always asking him for pointers. And wow, there are a lot of things you would not think you're doing wrong when you do a handstand, but <laughs> there are a lot. Um but yeah, I learned a lot about gymnastics. It's a very difficult sport to understand because you watch them and you're like, holy cow, that was the most amazing thing ever. And then they get a bad score and you're just like, wait a sec, what did I miss here? But it's very interesting. It's a different different culture in their sport. It's different than wrestling in so many ways. So it's fun to be a part of. How much did he know about wrestling before before meeting you? Not a lot, but he's so cute. He'll watch the live stream all night. <laughs> nice. I mean, even when I'm not up wrestling, he's still watching other wrestlers. I'm like, you know, you can just wait till I come up. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you know what? Best of luck to both of you guys as you guys work to accomplish your goals and support each other. Um, and thanks Thank for letting you. us uh, ask some questions around that. We always find it interesting that, you know, when you have these uh, essentially relationships of two elite level athletes and how do you guys juggle that? So that's, that's, that's amazing. I'm telling you, I'm going yeah. to an event, a Tinder app for, a- for elite level athletes only. That sounds like a seller. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk about the 2018 worlds for, I mean, uh, for anyone that knows the sport, you, you, your bracket was loaded, and I believe you were the number one seed, right? I was. So I know you had the defending world champ from Belarus uh, in there. Um, you had the 55-kilogram champ as well, um, Akuno from Japan. I think there was also um, a, a, an extremely talented Russianals national champion in your bracket as well. So what was your mindset going in? Do you even pay attention to who's in your bracket? Is it something you follow or do you look at it and, you know, try to plan and get yourself mentally prepared and physically prepared for who you're going to be facing? Um, I definitely did do a lot of, um, preparation for people I could be wrestling. Um, but not too far to the extent that it would take me out of my own style. Um, but for the most part, I was just like, uh, let's go. I put anybody in front of me. Um, that said, the day brackets were coming out, I was texting my coach, like, what are the brackets? What are the brackets? What are the brackets going to be now? <laughs> you know, and then it came out and I was like, oh, okay, let's go. Like, 
I'm ready for this. But yeah, there were two world champions just from 2017 in my bracket. And then two separate, two world champions and a separate number one seed. So lots of good people. Um, So I just knew it was going to be a battle literally every match. And it really was. So I just knew that coming in and whoever was in front of me just to take it to them. So, I mean, obviously you're out there, you know, you're aiming for a gold medal and you, you, you came up a little bit short on that, but you still, um, uh, you know, you still got on the, on, on the podium. Um, you, you, you brought home that silver medal. Talk to me about that feeling of standing on that podium and having the silver medal, you know, put on around your neck representing the United States of America. <clears throat> Mixture because silver sucks. All right, you're the only one on that podium with puffy eyes because everybody else just ended their tournament on a win and you ended on a loss, on a loss that if you just would have done a couple more things correct would have been, you know, a huge difference. But with that said, um, gosh, it's a feeling up on that podium and they have this music playing and, you know, you see your flag being raised into the air and, um, it's emotional. It's exciting at my heart. I mean, just talking about it right now, I can feel it just picking up pace. Um, but it's motivating more than anything. And that, especially for second place, you know, I, all I could think about on that podium the whole time was, gosh, I can't wait to get back and, and train. I can't wait to get back here. I can't believe I have to wait one whole year before I get another chance. Um, so yeah, it's inspiring and and obviously like looking back, I'm just incredibly grateful to to get to represent my country and, and stand up there and, and see my flag is wow, that's that's a feeling. And, and that's kind of what I was going to ask is in the moment, it's it's so tough when you stand up there and you're standing in second place or third place and you know, you feel like you just you didn't quite accomplish your goals. I mean, it's it's true, but but we all hope that looking back on it, you can at least be proud of the fact that you took second in the world for the United States. So, I mean, I hope that you can look back on that and at least see that that's something that's a, a tremendous accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I think once I retire, I will be able to look back. <laughs> but right now, it's still burned. <laughs> Well, I mean, and, and let's face it, you're not done. I mean, you're just now, exactly. um, you, what are you 25? I'm 25. Yeah. Okay. So you're 25. And I think really, um, assuming that, you know, athletes take care of their bodies and such, you are just now starting to enter, you know, the prime peak years, you know, for your, um, athletic ability and, you know, physical ability. So uh, I feel like you're just beginning. You're just getting started. And, and maybe maybe that elbow injury that you had may have been a blessing in disguise because it, it made you take some time off and rehab and preserve your body because, you know, and allowing you to, it's going to allow you to continue wrestling at such a high level over the next three to five years. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I definitely think time away from the sport, whether it's forced upon from injury or, you know, picked just because you need it. Um, is so important. And the way I came back from that elbow injury with such a different perspective, even how I, I felt wrestling, even like the first day I came back, I was like, I could feel a difference. You know, the perspective was different. So, um, yeah, I do think it's kind of a blessing in disguise for all of that. And I am excited about the future. I think I do have a lot of left in the tank. Oh, for sure. I, you know, and I just have to ask, you know, as a parent myself, What's it been like for your parents the last year watching you have all this success and, and meddling at the world championships? Did they get the chance to go watch you? They did. They're amazing. They were there in the stands. I, I, what, I mean, I can, I can just, 
I try to envision myself like how I would feel if I saw my daughter doing something so amazing like that. What, what, what was your dad's reaction like? Uh, well, my mom told me that my dad was just so, so fired up. And then somebody else told me um, that they both had a little tear in their eye after the semis. So after I won the semifinals at Worlds. So uh, that just makes me want to tear up because, I mean, just to think from where we first started to have supported me so quickly knowing that there's probably going to be a lot of punches thrown at me and then to watch me dislocate my elbow and get hurt time and time again and to lose. Um, it just makes me really happy that they got to be a part of all that and, and that they're so proud of me because I'm so grateful for them. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, you kind of, you're giving me goosebumps right now just cause I think that's, that's the good stuff about sports right there. And I just think it's, it's so amazing that your, your family gets to, to share it with you and support you along your journey. And, um, yeah, so I think that's, that's just awesome. Yeah. I, I'm so glad. And the fact that they get to be at some of these tournaments too, is just incredible. And, and that night after I lost, I was just surrounded with my parents. So I don't get to see often. And I was like, man, this is what it's all about. Like I'm here with my family and they're just proud of me. And I'm like, yeah, I love this. You know what I think the coolest thing was is that Brad Harper was your coach at Worlds. I didn't, ah! real, I did not realize that until we started doing a little research that is, if, if people were, you know, listening, that's, that was your high school coach. That is so cool. What was, I mean, what went through the decision of, I mean, you know, you've got Steiner, you've got the Olympic, you know, <laughs> Olympic coaches, you know, not to, obviously they're amazing coaches. What went through your decision to say, you know what, Brad, I also need you here. Um, well, if you have met Brad Harper, you would know right away that it's the right decision to have him in your corner, you know, in a match in life, anytime he is just a character and just a joy to be around. And he's hilarious and he's calming and he's kind. And, you know, that's what I want. I will bring the nerves and I will bring the anxiety. <laughs> Don't worry. That will be there. Um, and I have coaches who will bring the very technical aspects of it, which he also brings as well. But, you know, just having him there and it, it puts me in such a state of comfort and confidence. Um, I, I, need, I want him there any chance I get. So having him at Worlds is no questions asked. The person I want in my corner. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, you, you just made that last comment that it gave you a sense of comfort. And when I was, you know, really trying to think about this situation, I mean, obviously you have your elite level coaches on the, you know, United States national team. But I have to. I was thinking there had to have been some sort of um, like comfort type, uh, you know. F some sort of level of comfort that he provided you that, you know what, when things get tough, I can look in the corner and here's the guy that's been with me since I was, you know, a young kid. Yeah, exactly. And we, you know, we just have such a great relationship and we have a game plan going into every match and I can hear him while I'm wrestling, which is another difficult thing sometimes. And so that just helps. I mean, he has been the reason I've won matches, just having him there, hearing him. Um, he plays a huge role in my success. So Brandon and I actually, how we met is we coached together. We coached some high school, um, uh, you know, probably a couple of years back. Um, so I was just thinking in my head <laughs> what it would be like to actually have somebody like that ask me to coach coach at Worlds, and I would have been, I don't know what I would have said. What did he say when you asked him that? Oh, he's all fired up. He's like, all right, let's go win this world title. You know, it's so funny. I 
this doesn't really have anything to do with this, but I'm just thinking of him coaching me in the world finals and they had those buttons to do challenges and he must have accidentally hit the button and it no. stops the match in the <laughs> middle of it and he just puts his hands up like I didn't I didn't do it. And no, like, he that's didn't. the clip they showed on the news for like <laughs> back at home. It's just so funny and I'm like, Wow, that's like a great story. <laughs> did you did you laugh at the moment? Like, yeah, this is brilliant. I was laughing on the mat in the middle of the world finals. I'm like laughing. I was like, oh my God, he would do this. Like, so funny. You're like, yeah, I brought Brad out. He, he accidentally hit the button. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for calming me down. <laughs> that's, so, that's so great, man. I mean, give the guy some credit. I can't imagine he's, you know, coached the rules before that. So, you know, he's probably a little nervous himself. Yeah, and I mean, those buttons are so tempting. I would have pressed it too. <laughs> Just like excited and, you know, you like hit it. I don't even know. <laughs> You're like, this is going to do something. So uh, you talked about your parents and, you know, kind of what they meant to you and what they said to you afterwards. What did, what did your coach say? What did your coach say to you after your uh, – Brad say to you after your loss in the finals? Man, he was in tears and, and not tears of disappointment, but just, you know, he was – he's so proud of me and it's amazing he's, he can – He's so genuine, you know, that the whole experience brought him to tears and and just that he believes in me and we're not done. And, and it means a lot to hear that he believes in me and, and and that we have this journey ahead of us still. And I know he's going to be, you know, helping me every step of the way and that I can rely on him. So uh, he was so encouraging and just so just overwhelmed I think with the whole experience as I was as well I think it hurt him to see me in a lot of pain so um just so genuine about the whole experience let's transition to the Uregan tournament if you don't mind um yeah you've, you've wrestled in it twice you've medaled both times obviously runner-up a couple of years ago and then a champ this year um and it's funny I think the Uregan uh, you know, the casual wrestling fan may not understand how actual how actually, you know, difficult and grueling this tournament is. And we, as you know, the United States have in the past, you know, and I, I don't have the statistics here in front of me, but struggled to meddle there. Um, obviously mm-hmm. we've been having some success lately, which it, it always baffles me, you know, Tamira Menza stock. She's, she's one of my favorite personalities and for her to, to do what she's done. Um, I, I oh my she needs so much more credit. Like she deserves so much more credit. Um, so it's, yeah. Talk to, talk to <laughs> us. Spot on. Yeah, exactly. So, talk to us about what type of tournament this is and the actual grind with the travel, the location, the cold weather, and then you get there and it's like, oh, by the way, there is some tough ass people in my bracket that I'm going to have to wrestle. Yeah. So, wow, travel is insane. It takes like three days to get there, flying. Um, so that's one hurdle. Well, you can't get a Two, direct flight. Yeah, I wish. (laughs) That's it's crazy. The only good thing about it is it gives me a lot of miles for my rewards program. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so you get there, and then it's like negative thirty degrees. On top of that, you know, going into that tournament, one, it's going to be tough. Two, it's in Russia. They are not going to make calls that are going to go our way. We know that going in, it's going to be lopsided refereeing it's whatever we're prepared for it but you know another hurdle um but yeah hell of a bracket for me this year actually i had three matches two of the girls i wrestled i had lost to not even a year ago so um that was just something to expect going in i was like my first match with somebody i lost to um 
maybe just eight months ago. So it was um, an opportunity to see how much I've grown. So I was looking forward to that. Um, And obviously I redeemed both of those losses. So that was really my most favorite part about that tournament was to have redeemed those losses and to see that I'm, I'm improving still. I think it's amazing. Your performance was phenomenal. And again, I don't think, you know, the diehards, we understand how, what type of tournament this is, but I think a lot of the casual fans out there don't realize that sometimes it may be more difficult to win this than it is, you know, a world championships. Um, were you surprised by the success that you had at the Uregan tournament this year? Um, I was nervous going in cause my training was a little different because I had taken some time away, like intense training away, you know, obviously after world championships, first one back. Um, but with that said, you know, day of competition, I felt calm. I felt good, capable. Um, so when I got the win, I was really excited because it's something I've wanted for a while. But at the same time, I was like, you know, you should be winning these tournaments. So I've got a question for you. What are you hitting with that? It's a technical question. You've been, you hit it, I think, against the Gello in the finals of Final X. I think you hit it at your Regan. Is it like an overtie shuck to that chase the ankle thing that you're hitting? Talk, <laughs> that, thing yes. is, that thing is the slickest thing I've seen in a minute. Talk to me about how you hit it, if, if you don't mind. Well, if you mind sharing your technical setup, that's fine. You don't have to. But I want to know because I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to hit that myself. <laughs> yeah, it's from an overtie. Um I like, I'm very comfortable with it on both sides. Um, just kind of give a little pressure and people feel so comfortable on the inside, obviously. So I like to be on the outside, um, for those reasons, but a little give a little get, and then, yeah, I'm getting hip to hip. My hands kind of going, my other hand is going to their elbow. I just guide it through. I actually learned the move because one, I was tiny in high school, my first couple years and boys would just bully me. So it was a very momentous move that would help me despite being small. And two, I didn't like people on my head. So I just used it to clear, get them away from me. You know, it wasn't a a takedown for me. You know, it's evolved so much over the years, but yeah, I learned that move many, many years ago. and, And it's fun to see how it's, still a part of my arsenal. So so say you're hitting it to your opponent's left side, your right side. Are you shucking the elbow by with your left hand and chase the ankle with your right real quick? Or are you shucking the, the, the collar tie with your right hand and chasing the ankle with your left? Yeah. So I collar with my right and then the left is going to the elbow and the left is also sweeping the foot. Okay. So it's going both. Yeah. Okay. That is, when I I saw you hit that in the final, didn't you hit that against the gallon in the final X? Yeah, I did. Oh, my goodness. I was like, all right, this girl's about to win a freaking world title. She's going to. <laughs> yeah, it was Let's dirty. go. So I got to assume then, 30 seconds left in the match, you need to take down to win it. That's your go-to, huh? Definitely. Um, I've noticed, you know, people are watching following now. People tie right. up with me differently. And it's definitely not a move I can force uh, because I do kind of expose my leg momentarily and that outside tie can be a little dangerous. But... Yeah, if I can get someone hanging on a collar, which surprisingly a lot of people will do, which it's like putting on a seatbelt. It's just such a natural reaction for me. I love this. I mean, aside from the fact that you have such great skill and technical abilities, um, you seem to have such a really high wrestling IQ as well, and I think that's just a perfect combination. Thanks. Yeah, lots of years watching <laughs> and then wrestling. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're technical nerds over here. I, I, I mean, technique is like my favorite thing. Okay, so you competed in the Euregan. You competed a shit ton last year. 
why why is it so important for you to kind of compete in these grueling tournaments especially right now i guess yeah i'm competing is where i feel my best it's where i feel like i'm making the most improvements you know you can't it exposes my weaknesses so i can get back in and start correcting them but um yeah i think just wrestling is the best teacher i mean the best most and full-on wrestling it's sometimes even hard to to uh like do at a live practice you know because people are worried about getting taken down or this i mean everything on the line match wrestling is the best teacher and if i can be around that as often as i can against the best people i can i think i'm i'm improving myself so you wrestled a Gallo at Final X last year, right? Uh, Final X is this new thing that kind of flow and the uh, United or excuse me, no USA Wrestling put put on together. Um, she's actually your former teammate, is that right? From King College, yeah, or King University, excuse me. I don't think we got into your background. You're a two time runner up, two time champ for at the WCWAs. I think that's accurate, right? Yeah. Okay. What what was it like to wrestle, and and not so much maybe even like from a technological aspect, but what's it right to, like to wrestle Mike. a teammate um, in the finals to make a world team? Yeah, a lot on the line there. Um, you know, me and Haley were really good friends growing up, and we had wrestled often then as well in many different times. You know, world team trials and. 2013, I think, you know, just multiple times. And then teammates, we obviously scrapped it out in the room at different weight classes. But, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, we're both really great competitors. And it, it it's easy to put aside any, you know, when we step on the mat, we know we both want to win and we're going to do that. And, and I felt that way going in. I was, you know, I respect her. And at the end of the day, whatever was going to happen, we knew we would support each other. So uh, we just wanted to have a good battle. And I think we did. What do you think of Final X? I love it. I'm so excited this year. <laughs> I think it's really fun. I think it's a great way to get the fans involved. There's only two this year, which could be nice. Um, Where are you, you know, scheduled to wrestle they're really, this year? Uh, no, yeah, Lincoln. Awesome. There's a good chance yeah, that I, yeah. I'm at, that's the one I'm actually going to go to. So I'm, that, that's great. We'll get to see you live. That's the one we're going to go to, Brandon. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a team deal. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Um, yeah, and, and you said you're so excited. Well, I mean, I would be too if I got to sit in the finals. Um, is that kind of <laughs> is that kind of a relief? Um, yeah, it's kind of nice. I mean, I'm somebody like you just said. I, I love to wrestle. With that said, in place of the U.S. Open this year, I'll be going to Pan Am Championships. So I'll still be getting a tournament in. And um, so yeah, it is kind of a perk to get to sit out to the finals and, and know that I'm already going to get to be there to know I can already start preparing for that without jumping the gun. Really. Awesome. Um, all right. So Sarah, let me transition just a bit. I think, um, everyone that follows you follows wrestling, you know, the, the, the big news lately is, is, you know, your deal with Arutus. And I think it's so amazing to, to, to be the first at something or to kind of break barriers. And I will equate this as kind of breaking a barrier, um, becoming the first, um, woman to have their own line with Rudis, correct? Yeah. So, I, talk to me about, talk to us about this. What's that like? What does that mean to you to, to, to say that, you know, Rudis wanted to have you as part of their team to sign a deal with them. You're going to get your own, you know, clothing line and obviously have yet just another organization uh, in your corner supporting you. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those moments where you like pause for a second in the middle of the day and you're like, whoa. 
is this my life? <laughs> you know, I get an email. It's like, hey, do you like this logo design for your brand? And I'm like, what? yeah, I do because it's a logo design for my brand. That's insane. <laughs> um, but it's so amazing. I And like you said, just to have another great organization in my corner, these people at Rudis are incredible. They're awesome people, people I want to be working with. Um, which is so important to me. They care about my success. They care about my family, my training. Um, I love it. I love working with them. And I'm so grateful that they have given me this platform to reach out to other wrestlers and, and women wrestlers. And I think it's a huge step for the sport and, and uh, creating other opportunities for the girls after me. So it's really just all around an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah, we we were we were extremely excited when we saw that you signed with Rudis. Rudis, obviously Columbus based uh, um, uh, company, and you know that's about an hour from us. Um, when, yeah. when, when can we expect to see some of that apparel? Because I, I mean, I'm telling you mm. what, NCAs is coming up, and we're going to be there, and I want to rock some. I want to rock some Sarah Hildebrand gear at NCAAs. Yeah. We'll, no, it'll be out soon before NCAAs. All right. Um, yeah, my little brother's like, I want to wear it at NCAAs, and I'll be at NCAAs as well. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, have you got to see the actual design and logo for you? Oh, yeah. We've been working very tightly. They were actually here. I already have a lot of the clothes. Um, they were here just this last weekend. We were doing some promotional stuff with it. So I'm really excited. Well, I mean, if you wear a men's medium, I can hook you up with my address. Feel free to send it our way. <laughs> I doubt you wear a men's medium, though. <laughs> I'm kidding. We will happily purchase some Sarah Hildebrand, Hildebrand gear to support you with, with all of this. Um, ah, thank I, you. I think Ben's got a question for you. This is one of the questions we always love asking people. Okay, so you know we're we're, we're getting down to the end of the podcast, and just like we talked about with Final X, um, th- things that I like to talk about, and, and some people don't like to talk about it. But who do you see both nationally and internationally as your biggest threat this year? Um, nationally, obviously Haley is. You know, I don't know what her plans are weight-wise, but imagining she's still at 33. Um, and then Catherine Balbalan is back. I'm assuming somebody we used to battle with a lot a few years ago. She'll also be going 53. Um, you know, so these are all people I'm looking at. With that said, I I don't like to be complacent, and I take every person I wrestle domestically very seriously and prepare for all of them. So, But those are the two people that um, I could see myself wrestling at Final X Finals. Internationally, I'm very curious to see who Japan sends because they're going to have to decide who their 53 is for the Olympics, and there's, their 55 is right. very good as well. So I'm curious who uh, we'll see at Worlds this year. Um, so Japan, naturally, China is somebody I've been zeroing in on uh, in my film studies lately. So these are definitely the Asian countries, a little less familiar with them because they don't come to any competitions. So people that I kind of zero in more from the outside just so I can be more understanding of them. Yeah, no doubt. And man, I just, I don't, it's so much fun to talk to these, to, to, and I'm talking to Brandon right now, not even you, to these elite level wrestlers <laughs> and hear how like you guys prepare and hear how you guys narrow in on competition with the same, you know, uh, understanding that, look, you know, it could be anybody, but you, you, you know, there are people that you focus in on stylistically. Um, that's, that's, it's just really cool to do. Um, so, you know, I think that we're kind of getting to the end here. I think Brandon might have a question or two. 
All right, so yeah, we're gonna go ahead and start wrapping this up. I mean, we've had you on mm-hmm. for you know almost an hour. I again, I really <laughs> appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. But we're gonna do a little rapid fire real quick. To, that way, people oh, can maybe okay. get to get to know the the non wrestling side of Sarah Hildebrand. So real quick, I'm just gonna okay. fire off some questions. I want to hear the first thing that comes to your head. Favorite food? Pizza. Oh, even <laughs> or bad. peanut butter or peanut butter. Oh, okay. <laughs> Favorite non wrestling activity. Reading. Oh, okay. Love it. Love it. You could travel anywhere in the world. Where are you going? Oh, good question. I say Hawaii or Thailand. Ooh, Thailand. I love it. Hawaii, too. You can't go wrong with either. That you... sounds nice right now. <laughs> when you're all said and done with competing, do you have coaching aspirations? Um, I would like to give back to the sport, but um, definitely have aspirations outside of wrestling as well. Do you mind sharing? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, I want to be a writer. I write quite often. Um, Fantasy. And um, as of right now, I'm very into the idea of baking bread. So who knows? Maybe I will bake bread and write books. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) People love to read and people love to eat bread. They're great. Books and bread are like the best. (laughs) Right? Great for a rainy day. Do you have any pets? I do. A a small cat. His name is Layan, and he's the love of my life. (laughs) Awesome. Favorite movie? August Rush. Ooh, great movie. Yeah, really awesome movie. Kind of a tearjerker, though. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I cry every time. Right. (laughs) Uh, I I may have, you know, got a little dust in my eye watching it once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Favorite TV show? Um, Naruto. What was that? Naruto. It's an anime. Oh, okay. That's not real. <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> no. Oh, no. No, you guys. I'm done with you. <laughs> hey, no, I mean, cut us a little slack. Ben actually likes playing Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. Hey, it's oh, fun. wow. It's That's fun. awesome. No, I'm totally. That's cool. All right. You love to read. You love to write. So favorite book. The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Okay. All right. Everyone read it. The I'll, best book ever written. I'm always looking for uh, new books to read. What is your oh, go-to fantastic. wrestling shoes? Go-to wrestling shoes right now are the Caligas Class Snyder shoe. Um, super, super comfortable. Warm at Uregan. Really loving them at training right now. So that is the shoe of choice right now. So no joke, I'm such a nerd. When they came out, I ordered the white and the black, and I got the numbered pair. So they're sitting like on a shelf in my in my man room. So kind of <laughs> They're great, yeah. I love them. All right, last question, Sarah. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, hopefully writing books and eating bread. <laughs> <laughs> With a gold medal around your neck, right? Or With two. a gold medal, yeah, three, that I'm looking at. Um, yeah, that sounds nice as can be. No, yeah, no, in 10 years I see myself, you know, still involved in wrestling, but definitely excited to pursue a whole new a whole new life, right? I get to do like a 180. I'm excited about that. And that will be, that'll be fun to put all of myself into a new activity. Well, that's amazing. And look, Sarah, again, I want to thank you, you know, for me and Ben for taking time out of your busy schedule to come talk to a couple of goofballs like us. Um, we've been big fans of yours. We've been wanting to have you on for a long time. So I'm glad we could finally do that. Hopefully, if you don't mind, maybe after you win your next world medal, um, or even the Olympic medal, um, we'd love to have you back on again to do a little, you know, some more jaw dropping with us. Um, and we wish you the best of luck with everything you're doing right now. Do you have any final words or thoughts? 
No, just thank you so much. I had a great time. And of course, I would love to be back on. So, so thank you. And to everybody who supports me, thank you. I'm very, very grateful. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Sarah Hildebrand, 2018 World Medalist, episode number 82 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast.